Today's episode contains some material language that might not be suitable for everyone. Discretion is advised. Welcome to the Plum Forest Podcast, where we give you modernized versions of classical Chinese fables and short stories. Before we get started, please make sure to hit that like and subscribe button, or even leave a comment, because it lets me know that you're listening, and I like that. Today we've got a great episode for you. This episode was actually the first one I recorded with my buddies. So, when we recorded, there were a couple issues, but we learned from that experience. It's a learning experience, right? And, as we were all new to this at the time, we all had no idea what we were doing. But I think it turned out pretty good, and you might be able to hear some differences, but it shouldn't be too big of a problem. This story is also a little longer than the others, so hopefully that'll help you kill some more time than the other ones. When I first wrote the script for this one, I didn't really modernize it very much, and I don't think that a modernized version would be all that good. So, the story actually takes place a long time ago, unlike our other stories. It shouldn't be that big of a problem though, because it's a fairy tale, right? I originally found this story online when looking for short stories to get some ideas. I saw this story and knew that I could turn it into something that modern day readers would probably enjoy. Or at least I hoped they would enjoy. In traditional Chinese culture, elephants were often considered a symbol of wisdom and strength. Elephants were also seen as a Buddhist symbol, and in many scriptures, Buddhas can be seen riding one of these bad boys to get around. What a way to get around! In many other Asian countries, elephants were seen as friends for farmers and royalty because they were very loyal and could plow fields like the best of them. A Thai friend of mine said that if you walked under an elephant, it would bring you good luck. That's kind of like what we do with ladders, but with bad luck instead, I guess? Well, you get what I mean. Either way, we are going to see how elephants are a crucial part of this next story. Again, be sure to keep an open mind, because these stories are a little out of the ordinary, and at the same time, the story is completely fictional. On that note, let's get started with today's story, The Judge Elephant. Many years ago, in a rural part of southern China, there was a village that for many years had used elephants throughout their village. Not only were they using these elephants for farming, as you would have guessed, but the elephants were used for almost every aspect in their daily lives. The elephants in this village would help plow the fields for the farmer, help carry logs for the lumberjacks, and they would even use their large feet to trample roads and pathways that were used by anyone and everyone in the village. The elephants in this village were revered as a tool, but more importantly, they were a friend with safe and sound wisdom. Throughout years and years of working alongside these elephants, the villagers started coming up with superstitions about what these elephants could actually do. One of the more prevalent superstitions throughout the village was the idea that these elephants could see the true essence, or the soul, of a man. Nobody really knew if these were true, but people began following them from the local farmers all the way up to the leader of the village, and in this village, the leader was named Russell. Russell was said to be a very, very wise man. The people all loved him, and his government was just, and he was thought to be just an overall pretty cool dude, like a good buddy of everyone in the village, and everyone looked up to him too. Russell just wasn't a great leader and a cool guy. He had something else that made him even more intriguing. He had a pet elephant, and this elephant had a great name. 
Peanuts. Peanuts was no ordinary elephant. He was the leader's elephant and was loved by everyone. But when someone got on his bad side, Russell left the decision-making up to Peanuts. Sometimes it was good, and well, sometimes it was, you know, not so good. Whenever Russell had issues relating to his court, he would always ask Peanuts for some sound advice. And, like any other good elephant, he was wise and helped Russell whenever he needed it, especially with situations where Russell didn't know what to do. In particular, there was one instance that stood out more than others where Peanuts gave him a good hand. One day, an older man came into the court and rushed in front of Russell, begging for some help. Someone robbed me and my wife last night. They took everything, even stuff that wasn't worth anything. What are we supposed to do now? What's going on? How can I help you catch these thieves? Well, you could start by helping me find those guys, and maybe that would bring some justice to me and my family. That sounds tricky, but I'll see what we can do. I'll send out a notice, and hopefully we can catch these guys. And if we're even more lucky, we can get back all your stuff, even the stuff that you forgot you even had. Oh my god, that would be incredible! Russell called over a guard and dispatched a message to find any information about this robber and try and bring him to the court. One month went by and the man heard nothing. Another month went by and again, there was no word about his case. After the third month of no information, the guards finally sent a runner to the man's house to inform him that they had found five robbers who could possibly be the thief. Five? I, I told you it was just one. Let the others go free. Well, we don't know which one it is exactly. We just want you and your wife to come to the trial and help us figure it out. After a few days, the man who was robbed and his wife went to the village palace to try and solve this mystery in front of Russell. All five men stood in chains in front of the court and were asked a question from Russell, one by one. Did you steal from these people? <clears throat> Me? Of course not. I would never steal. How about you, buddy? Was it you? Of course not. I've never done anything like that in my life. Mr. Number Three, did you steal the goods? I, w I, I would never do that. I'm, I'm an honest farmer. How about you, Number Four? I bet your answer is different. I've never stolen anything in my life and would never steal anything. Ah, last guy. I guess your answer is probably going to be the same too. You didn't steal the stuff either. Uh, you guessed correctly, sir. I, I would never steal anything from, from anyone. Russell was put in a quandary. He paced in front of the five men back and forth. Back and forth. Back and forth. It was almost as if he was sizing them up. He then walked back over to the man and his wife and asked the wife, Do any of them look like the man who took your stuff? It was number five. I will never forget that face. He's the man who robbed us. Are you absolutely sure? On a scale of 0 to 100, tell me how sure you are. I'm 110% sure he stole that bracelet from my wrist and I looked straight into his beady little eyes. I will never forget that face. Well, what about the other four? Do you recognize them from anywhere? I have no idea who any of the others are, but I will put all the money that I don't have on that fifth guy being the one who robbed us. I don't know. He looks kind of weak, and just from his looks, I, I just don't think he's the one. L look at the guy. I'm telling you, that guy robbed us. 
all of them say they didn't do it. And this is not a foolproof method, but I've got an idea to find out who the true robber was. Russell quickly called over his guards and walked out of the room together. Everyone else in the room wondered where he went and what was going to happen next. Just as the perplexed looks were going through everyone's eyes, a loud stomping noise could be heard in the distance. The stomping was getting louder and louder when all of a sudden the main doors of the room slammed open and Peanuts waltzed right in with Russell guiding him. All five of the men, even the man and his wife, were baffled by what was going on. They had all heard of Peanuts but had never actually seen Peanuts in the flesh. It was almost as if Peanuts was a dream that was actually true. This humongous elephant was now standing toe-to-toe with these five men. Okay, here's what's going to happen with my buddy Peanuts. See, my friend here, Mr. Peanuts, has a special ability. He can actually read your soul and mind just by looking at you. Isn't that pretty amazing? So I'm going to have him take a quick one-two at you, and then we'll see what we can do from there. Hopefully he'll find out who's truly innocent and who's lying to me and my friends here. How does that sound, guys? Yes, Yes, sir. sir. Well, actually, I don't care. I'm just going to do it. All five of the suspects took off their clothes and were standing in their birthday suits in front of this enormous elephant, waiting to be judged. You could cut the tension with a meat cleaver. Or a butter knife, I guess. The elephant stepped to the first man, looked the man up and down, rubbed his trunk on the man's face, and then backed up. Peanuts then gave a quick glare over to Russell. Is that good or bad luck for you, buddy? We shall see soon. Peanuts stepped to the second man, and again, he looked him up and down, but this time, he grabbed the man's leg with his trunk, but quickly released it. He then looked over to Russell. Oh, wouldn't you like to know what he tells me with his looks? But don't worry, soon. Peanuts then stepped over to the third suspect. He grabbed him by the waist with his trunk, and picked him up so his eyes were only a few inches away from the elephant's. Peanuts then quickly returned him to the ground. Oh, he likes you. Even a blind man could see that. Peanuts then strolled over to the fourth man, looked him up and down, and then quickly glanced over back to Russell. Ah, okay, Peanuts. Is that right? Okay. Peanuts then shimmied over to his side to inspect the fifth and final suspect. Peanuts began by smelling the man's hands. He slowly moved his trunk up the arm, and then just as if he was going to give the man a kiss with his trunk, He stepped back and looked over to Russell. Not a half second more after looking at Russell, Russell then nods and the elephant grabbed the man by the waist and lifted him up to hurl him against the wall. Peanuts ran over to the man and picked him up again to slam him ferociously to the ground once more. After the second slamming, Peanuts then laid the body of the man on the table in front of Russell who was now sitting over in his throne. You four may leave. You have done nothing wrong at this point, and Peanuts likes you all. Especially you, number three. Peanuts loves you. Peanuts then patted the third man on his head with his trunk and gave him a quick little elephant wink. Peanuts, that was great. You did a wonderful job for us, so I got you your favorite snack, Peanuts. Peanuts trumpeted loudly with joy and was escorted out of the room by his guards. Russell then looked over to the man and the woman and then gave a quick glance over to the table with the dead thief on it. I told you Peanuts was my helper. He helped us find the real thief, who just happened to be the one that you said he was. I told you. I will never forget that face. Whoa, no. It was all Peanuts. Don't get cocky here. 
The man then stepped forward to ask Russell a quick question. Do you mind if I ask you what you feed that thing? How was he able to solve crimes like that? That's amazing. I'm baffled that he knew that man was the guilty man. Well shit man, I feed peanuts the same thing anyone feeds their elephants. Maybe give them a couple extra snacks here and there, but nothing out of the ordinary. You want to know the real trick? It was the thief that gave himself away. What do you mean? Well, an honest man has nothing to fear. No? The first four didn't fear because they were innocent. They didn't rob you, and they didn't have fear like the fifth man did. The elephant could smell the fear, which even I could smell a bit. But Peanuts never lies with this kind of stuff. Elephant trial only works when there's someone who's scared. And this man was scared because he had committed the crime. You knew it. I knew it. And Peanuts definitely knew it. If you're innocent, why would you be scared? Another fascinating story we had there, I thought. It's cool to see how Russell put so much trust into Peanuts to make his decision. I would never put that kind of trust into any pet I've ever had, but in all honesty, I've only really had fish, so that wouldn't be a very good idea, I guess. If you remember what we mentioned before, the wisdom and strength that Chinese culture put on elephants can easily be seen throughout this story. The wisdom can be seen when Peanuts picked up the guilty guy, and then there's the strength by slamming his ass down on the ground. So that's pretty evident. Hopefully, after all this happened, Peanuts got his extra special treat, along with him and that third suspect becoming good friends. I kinda like that little bit we added between them two. It's pretty cute. In all honesty though, the way that they had to stand in their birthday suits in front of a humongous elephant would have made me pee my pants. Elephants are huge, and I can only imagine how they would feel to be toe-to-toe -to -toe with one of those ginormous beasts. And if you've ever seen an elephant up close like that, it can be pretty scary. My friend used to work at this elephant nature park, and I visited him one time because I thought it'd be something cool to check out. It was really scary because the baby elephant wanted to play with me, and I was not trying to deal with the mother just mean mugging me the entire time. Even after spending so much time on this episode, I still have a bazillion questions. And I bet you have so many questions too. So you should check out the subreddit and see if there are any similar questions and you guys can maybe discuss the episode. That might be kind of fun, right? Actually, as I look back on it, this episode wasn't that much longer than the others, but the stories will start to get a little bit longer, because I am trying to make this a little bit more interesting and adding more flavor to these, let's say. In this episode, we had so many friends that helped out with all the voices. My man, Nikolai Rozov, killed Russell's voice. Willie Will did a great old man, and his wife was done by the beautiful Anna C. Craig Hickler played a great guilty man, while Paul F. and Salacious B. Crumb made great innocent men voices. They both did multiple. And last, the runner was done by my good friend Brandon Winter, who is not only a doctor, but he also has a great podcast called I Am a Brain in a Jar. It's got some sci-fi stories, so go check that out too. After you've finished listening to all my stories, of course, first, right? 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 Be sure to hit that like and subscribe button, or even leave a comment to tell me know what you think about this. And I love to hear what you guys think. A follow at Plum Forest Pod on both Twitter and Instagram will keep you up to date with any news on episodes that are coming out. And if you really want, be sure to check out the website at PlumForestPodcast.com to see some cool information about the beautiful and wonderful team that helped me make this podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's episode as much as I did, so be sure to tune in next week for another strange but enticing story. Until then, take care and stay safe. You just listened to a Where's Kellen production. Wow!